0: All right. Welcome back to another episode of The Jacob Johnston Show. Yes. And we're going to be going through uh, quite a bit here, kind of analyzing uh, the situation that has been going on uh, in this country for quite some time. Now, while I go through this, I will be trying to monitor uh, the chat and being able to answer or address questions that are actually relevant to what we're talking about. Questions that are off topic, I'll generally, you know, kind of ignore uh, at the moment, uh, mainly because uh, on the last stream, I was constantly uh, getting a little sidetracked with uh, questions in the chat that were not relevant to the topic of the show. And as I analyze that, it seemed like, you know, it kind of distracted from the show itself. So here we're going to go through and analyze mostly the claim of the Democrats that there's systemic racism and that the country was founded on racism, and therefore we need to tear everything down and start all over, which I will give you the bottom line up front. This whole issue of systemic racism is the Democrats creating a distraction distraction from the complete and total failure of their policies. But what's worse is that their policies are designed to be complete and total failures. But in order to distract you, it's not the policies, it's the entire system. That's wrong. Which, you know, when you analyze it, it's not the entire system. It's only the pockets of the country that are exclusively controlled by Democrats in which the problems occur. So we're going to go through here and take a look at this. Now, first off, they always want to go off and talk about America's original sin, slavery. Now, look, there was a lot of things uh, to go on and talk about when it comes to slavery uh, in America's past, but it's not like slavery was something new and exclusive to the United States. That was the state of the world for 5,000 years. In fact, there are still places in the world right now where slavery is still practiced. You know, and so going off and saying that, you know, that somehow America is uniquely, you know, responsible for the atrocities of slavery when that was something that went on worldwide for thousands of years before the founding of the United States and yet the United States was uh, the leading country to end slavery uh, in most of the world. You know, it's kind of one of those, hey, you know, you're kind of not exactly looking at the entire history. And, you know, America's founding fathers came from countries in which, or initially from countries in which slavery was the norm for thousands of years. So yeah, it took them a little bit of time to recognize that hey, this is bad. And at the constitutional convention for the founding of this country, there was a large number of people trying to end slavery at the foundation, but they they couldn't get enough support to make it happen. And they ended up having to decide, you know, whether to allow the state of the world, you know, to continue the state of the world that has been the norm for 5,000 years, you know, uh, to continue uh, and have a solidified country to protect them from the British Empire trying to retake back the land, or to stick to their guns on ending slavery and end up fracturing uh, this newly formed and fragile country into two, in which case leave them weak and vulnerable uh, to invasion. And so they had to choose a a difficult choice here with the hopes that future generations would end this horrific practice and, you know, fulfill the promise of all people created equal. You know, it's not like it was an easy choice. You know, it it was a hard, difficult choice. Now, in going through with that, you know, uh, another thing that the left tries to claim is that you know, it's America at large that was responsible for slavery. No, it wasn't. You know, you had the entire half of the country North, which had the same, you know, population makeup of the South, but the North, there was no slavery. There was no, you know, uh, slave owners. It it was a practice that was outlawed and abandoned. Now we could talk about the road uh, of getting there, you know, uh, before the South, and some of the obstacles were some people tried to create laws that prevented, you know, people from freeing their slaves, so they had to go through, uh, you know, a practice where they couldn't, you know, free their slaves, um, you know, and so they and they didn't want to hand them over to somebody who may mistreat them, so they tried to treat them as much as employees, and then when they passed away the slaves uh, would then become free and their family would just never get more slaves. And that's how uh, a large part of the process of, you know, ending slavery uh, in the North uh, after the founding of the country is just letting, uh, you know, the slave owner pass away and no other family member gaining slaves since they couldn't free them by law. You know, and we can go through and talk about that. We could talk about how in the South, you know, how many black slave owners there were. We could talk about the, you know, that there were actually white slaves as well and all that. But all of this comes down to uh, take a look that slavery was less a racial issue uh, than what the left is trying to preach and more of an ideological issue, you know, where you had the people of the North uh, that believed heavily in the founding uh, statements of all people created equal and wanting to abandon the sins of the rest of the world, while the Democrat South, and I say Democrat South, but I don't say Republican North because the Republicans were not established for a large part of the time that slavery took place. You know, uh, the Republican Party hadn't been founded yet. And the Democrat South, which believed more on class systems, that your life was determined by the family that you were born into. They, you know, went along with the rest of the world's uh, history of, you know, slavery, enslavement, and, you know, uh, you know, and it was more of an ideological of the privileged elitists got to run everything and have all the luxuries. To the Democrat South, the uh, being a slave owner was equivalent to being a Hollywood elitist with a private jet all right It was more of a class elitist you know type mentality you know um, now as time goes on and the racial makeups of the slaves you know kind of sw- you know um, you know changed uh, over time, you know yes but then we get to what had happened, and that is the establishment of the Republican Party, who then went off and, you know, was founded on the idea that no slavery anywhere. We got to the uh, Civil War, which, by the way, contrary uh, to what the left wants to uh, everyone to believe that it was America at large or whatever, you had half the country, the North, going to war, risking their lives to end slavery in the other half of the country, the South. You know, so it wasn't systemic all over the place, you know, in every state, city, or whatever. And even in the South, only the one percent, the richest one percent could actually afford it, could actually afford to own uh, slaves. So it was more of, like I said, like what we would equate to a Hollywood elitist today, owning a private jet. You know, it was an ideological thing. Now, fast forward, after the Civil War, slavery's ended, right? And now the Democrats, they had to find another way in order to promote, you know, this hierarchical, you know, privileged versus non-privileged, you know, type of class. And it would be kind of hard for uh, the slaves that were actually white to continue to be discriminated against because it gets hard to distinguish, you know, when they look just like your neighbor, when they are your neighbors, when they, you know, live right next door working in the same occupation. So that's when it became heavily about race and going through as the Democrats instigated segregation, uh, created Jim Crow laws, and went off and founded uh, the KKK as a paramilitary group to enforce the Democrats' ideology of superiority, you know, hierarchical superiority. And we see a lot of that, you know, reformed today, with the Democrats creating a hierarchy of victim groups. And depending on what victim group or how many different victim groups you can claim uh, to belong to depends on how much more, you know, your views and opinions are worth compared to other people. And then uh Antifa, which just like the KKK uses violence and terrorist uh, tactics in order to implement uh, compliance into the Democrats' ideology and viciously attacking anybody to dare speak their mind to use basic fear and intimidation through violence in order to silence opposition to force a basic agreement or this view that there's an agreement because if you disagree, well, just like everyone else, you're too afraid to speak up. So therefore, not hearing other people disagree must mean that everybody else agrees and, you know, you can't speak up. So we had, you know, uh, segregation, Jim Crow, and, you know, that again took time because this was an ideological battle between, you know, uh, what had become uh, the Republican Party believing and the idea that all people are created equal versus the Democrats' ideology of elitism and people, you know, having different values and worth. Well, over time, and I know, I know, I'm kind of glossing over the history because I want to get to today where, where there was an actual shift, right? Now, over time, segregation, Jim Crow, and all that, uh, became politically toxic uh, for the Democrats. And w- the Democrats eventually had to abandon all of that when the Republicans, you know, through hard work, effort, and ideological battles were able to win the passage of the Civil Rights Act. Not once, but two Civil Rights Acts, all right? So now the Democrats, they were in this situation here where you know, what they had been preaching since the founding of the country had become politically toxic. And that preaching that based off of uh, racial divisions became politically toxic. People rejected it uh, by and large. And so they could, they knew they couldn't continue that. But they knew the basic premise of what they were doing was still viable. So this is where we get into the first you know, uh, transition uh, for the Democrats, which is they didn't really change their views; they just changed their marketing strategy, where whereby targeting the black community wasn't about you know uh, race superiority or whatever. No, no, no. They could target the black community and then just market it as helping the black community. They can enact policies that were designed to discourage. You know, family cohesion that were designed to keep their population under control. You know, you take a look at Planned Parenthood, that's all about population control for minorities, but it's celebrated as a women's right to choose. You see the marketing strategy, and, you know, it would be like the left suddenly decide that they're going to celebrate Hitler because he, you know, marketed the Nazis as an uh, anti hate group. They were still slaughtering the Jews, but as long as they claimed to be anti-hate, they would be celebrated uh, with today's uh, Democrat Party because it's more about what they say rather than what they do as part of their marketing. So they could make it uh, financially, the Democrats made it financial uh, disincentives uh, for marriage, strong family values, and then started targeting the black community to erode family cohesion, to keep uh, population down, and they would go through and, you know, try and target the education systems, right? And by remarketing their uh, attacks on the black community as somehow being pro-black community, they were able to gain a little bit of support. Now, with the left having, you know, uh, control of the school system, you know, what could they do? They could slowly rewrite and edit history to fit their political narratives, you know, editing out, you know, the Democrat Party's involvement, you know, try to generalize it, you know, as white America, you know, uh, responsible for the sins in general, you know, making slow and small edits. And then as these, you know, kids going through that edited history grew up, you know, they started getting um, into uh, positions and journalism, communication, you know, academia, and they would write their own interpretations and edit, and there was a slow writing. And then, you know, the Democrats realized that with control of the education system, they could preach from birth victimhood mentality, that that if they could teach, you know, the community From birth that, hey, you're going to be a victim. Because of the color of your skin, you can't get anywhere. The system is against you. So there's no need to even try. And so they raise them up with this message of hopelessness, right? But they also say, hey, but you know what? If you vote Democrat, we'll be able to fix all of this. And as they went through with this marketing strategy, whereby they could damage the black community and yet convince them that it was helping them and that voting for Democrats would solve all the problems, they started seeing this political benefit to their marketing strategy where the people that they were damaging the most, the most destructive to, would celebrate them and reward them because they wouldn't pay attention to the actual policies are the result. They were only paying attention to the marketing, and then they started realizing, "Hey, you know, we could take this a little further." And this is where we start getting into third wave, uh, current day Democrats, where now what they preach, you know, they're damaging uh, of the black community and uh, has been expanded, you know, beyond just the black community. But it's no longer a, an issue of, you know, a belief of racial superiority for the Democrats. You know, uh, the Democrats are no longer, you know, doing it just because, you know, of, you know, blanket hate and racism. They're doing it now just because of money. <laughs> you know, that, that, that's it. They found out that it was not only politically beneficial, but it was highly profitable. And they started realizing that they could not only you know benefit politically from inflicting as much pain and suffering as possible in a particular community but that these communities, because of the marketing strategy, would give what little money that they had up to the Democrats if they just promised to solve it and so now you see here that throughout the united states the pockets of the country in which you know we do see instances of police brutality where we do see instances uh, of you know certain communities like the black community suffering the most having the least opportunities are doing uh, the worst financially are in areas exclusively controlled by democrats where democrats pretty much hold almost every elected office, every position of power within uh, that particular county. And, and like what we see with George Floyd, you know, in an area that is almost exclusively controlled by the Democrats, you know, they go out there and they promote all of this chaos and violence. And what's their solution? Just vote more Democrats. Well, there's almost no positions left available that democrats haven't already occupied right and so they get the campaign donations they get the political power and as long as they keep inflicting pain and suffering knowing that you know their past efforts have raised a, a, an ignorant generation that you know that don't really know the history but are willing to go along with an inequality today for the financial incentives. You know, like the people at the New York Times. You know, they don't they don't care about anything except for making money as long as they can virtue signal, edit the news and block, you know, information. And this is what online censorship uh, is about. You know, where the news medium you know, uh, of the old along with social media today, you know, filter, edit, spin, and all of that to create a narrative, right? In order to distract from the failures of the Democrat, uh, party in the areas. And a large part of this comes, uh, from when I read this article. You know, record ratings and record chaos on cable news, right? And so the news media, whether it's the New York Times, whether it's CNN, you know, all of that, they benefit financially from this because what happens? They promoted uh, the you know victimhood uh, to you know the to identity groups and especially to the black community. They lied about you know uh, the number of police you know incidents as uh, involving. Uh, you know, members of uh, the black community. They promote this idea of systemic racism and all of that. And what happens when one instance does actually happen? Chaos completely erupts because people think this is happening on a normal basis. They feel frustrated, even though that's not the truth, but they believe it to be true because that's what they've been told their entire lives. So they start burning down their own neighborhoods. They start, and I get a a lot of it has to do with Antifa and all that, but all of the violence, chaos, you know, all of the arsons that has gone on, what has that done? That's created compelling TV for CNN, NBC, whose ratings have gone up because people are tuning in to watch the chaos. That means their ad revenues go up because now that their ratings have gone gone up, they can charge more uh, for people to advertise on their networks, and that increases ratings. in fact, you can go back and take a look at instances and uh, during past riots and all of that, and you can always see a spike in the profits of the cable news networks, and you could see increased profits of you know the print media as well they have a financial incentive because the angrier they can make you with false narratives. And the more that they can bring you to the brink of violence, the closer they get you, the more money they make. And then once they push you over the edge, you're burning down your own community. And the people at the New York Times, the head of CNN, they're just counting their cash going, <laughs> suckers." You know, they're, they're making bank off of this. And then we see the Democrats, you know, they're out there going, "Hey, just vote for more of us. We'll solve this." You know, and the media is going to sell the idea that this is somehow, you know, uh, because of Trump or Republicans or whatever. So therefore, vote more Democrats so that they can, you know, create more pain and suffering, so that you're, so that you'll riot more, so that CNN and all that can make more money off of the footage, you know, off of the chaos of people tuning in. It's really quite an amazing situation when you think about it. Now you're also going, but hey, 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 there are a number of black people out there trying to make a difference. They're creating these civil rights groups, right? They're creating all of these activist groups to solve the problems. Are they? Ask yourself this let's say we cured racism all together. What happens to all those civil rights groups? Oh, all their money dries up. You you mean if they actually solve the problem, all that money, all the millions of dollars these particular groups bring in claiming that they're trying to, you know, end injustice and inequality dries up. Their money, their money flow goes away and they would have to get real jobs. So they actually have a financial incentive to ensure that the problem never really goes away, never completely gets solved. Because we're talking about, you know, easily, you know, a billion dollar industry, you know, of donations to all these groups claiming to be fighting against the repression of all these victim groups. But they never actually promote any policy that would solve anything. I mean, think about what's going on right now. They're promoting defund the police. What do you think that's going to do? Okay, so they rioted. They burnt down their community after, you know, years and decades of being preached that everybody's against them and they won't be allowed to go anywhere, even though that couldn't be further from the truth they looted all these businesses, they burnt them down, and now they're trying to say abolish the police, right? But what is going to be the effects of, that, of those actions? Well, businesses are looking at this going like, you stole our stuff, you burnt down our buildings, and now you're abolishing the police. We're not coming back here. You would have to be insane to reopen a business in this community. What does that mean? That means less jobs. That means uh, because of less jobs, there's less people earning incomes. That means less tax money for the government. That means there's not going to be anybody investing on cleaning up all the damage uh, that was created. Uh, You're going to create issues of high poverty because the jobs aren't going to come back there. And what jobs remain are going to have high security, you know, bulletproof windows, security badges, private security, and, you know, only people with an actual business need not open to the general uh, consumer, but only people that they have business meetings with, you know, from other companies or and employees are going to be allowed in and out of those buildings. You know, I mean, they're going to have high security uh, building uh, businesses there. But as far as, you know, uh, consumer products, those businesses aren't coming back. The bars won't come back, you know, after you completely destroyed them. So you're going to have burnt down communities in ruin, jobs that aren't going to come back to the area because of what happened and, you know, getting rid of the police. What does that create? that creates more pain and suffering in that community. And, if you, and you can look up, you know, in that particular community, you know, what is the racial makeup? Well, you have a high percentage of minorities. That's going to create more financial pain and suffering. But the Democrats, they're promoting this as a solution. They're going out there and they're promoting this as the way forward. Why? Because they know it's just going to cause more problems. More problems that they can go out there and say, hey, donate to our group. And, you know, because we'll advocate to end all these new problems that arise. You'll have the media and the Democrat Party, you know, going out there and saying, hey, this is uh, the result of, you know, uh, capitalism. Hey, this is, you know, what systemic, you know, racism and oppression looks like, you know, neglected communities, and all of that. And therefore, just vote more for us, you know, for the Democrats to gain more political power. And it gives the media a narrative in which to build up enough, you know, anger to promote the next riot, from which they make their big payday off of. You see, what started off uh, for the Democrat Party as an ideological issue of, you know, class system, you know, of importance, uh, moving on to racial uh, divide, has now, you know, morphed where they're still doing the same things. They just changed the marketing and the incentive went from those things that I mentioned in the past to just pure money. And as long as racism and inequality continues to lead to, you know, being able to turn that around in a manipulative fashion through marketing towards more, you know, uh, political power for them, more money, you know, uh, for their groups who have no interest in solving problems because they want the money to keep flowing, which only happens as long as the problem exists. And as long as those who control uh, information and the you know, cable news, print media, and you take a look at Twitter and Facebook, they also have a profit incentive, you know, for, you know, the, well, for all of this as well, you know, because what goes on, you know, these riots happen, right? What, you know, and so when people can't watch TV or, you know, uh, they're not subscribed, you know, and for those who aren't, you know, subscribed to the print media, what are they doing? They're checking their Twitter feed, which, you know, does get the latest update on what's going on, the latest, uh, you know, videos. And what's happening? You're getting delivered ads. You know, you're getting uh, delivered ads so that they make money. You're checking your Facebook more. Facebook's making more money because you're wanting to see what's going on you know, it's, you know, it's all the pain and suffering that the left causes is just a financial incentive. All right, so we got a person here. Uh, Black Lives Matter is a ploy to gain votes for the left. Now, here's the thing, you know, uh, when it comes to Black Lives Matter, you know, I, I get what the messaging is, you know, Black Lives Matter and all that. Um, the problem uh, that I have, you know, uh, with the name, and then I'll get, you know, to the group itself. Um, the problem I have with the name is that is that when you qualify, you know, what matters based off of identity, such as skin color, gender, you know, occupation, you're trying to create a priority list of whose lives matter more than others. And the Democrats, they just, they seem to want to just reshuffle the priority list. Same oppression, different priority levels, you know, um, you know, versus the all lives matter. Now I get some people want to argue, well, you know, we want to focus on you know, like when we say, save this rainforest, it's not that other rainforests don't matter, it's just this one needs the most attention. And then here's where I get to the group. Yes, but if you focus on just that particular rainforest, the, and people who are, or, who are the main group in charge of trying to preserve that rainforest, you know, and see the money coming in, and how much money they're able to pocket, and how little they actually need to do. They then have an incentive to declare that no matter what happens, it's not enough. That particular rainforest, you know, will never be healed enough, will always be worse off than any other rainforest anywhere in the world. Why? Because the moment the problem for that rainforest is solved, or that are the conditions for that rainforest become better than other rainforest, and they admit that, that means the money for them dries up and starts going over to this next rainforest. And so when we take a look at Black Lives Matter, you know, and I will go through and I will trust that maybe there was a genuine thought process, you know, uh, behind it, and that it had, you know, good intentions, the problem is just like with all left-wing groups, they saw money coming in, especially, you know, for the larger chapters, and they realized, hey, you know, if we solve the problems, if we actually get real solutions, this money could go away. And so, uh, you know, there is a financial, you know, motive to keep the problems going. Now, as far as it being a ploy, you know, for votes for the left, yes. You know, that is true as well because we see that where the left is, you know, in control of almost everything, that's where the biggest problems are because the left, you know, they realize this profit incentive to create pain and suffering. You know, they realize that people who are suffering are easy to manipulate, you know, and they realize, you know, that they can control you know, uh, since they, you know, only had to take control of, you know, the basically uh, the education system and media, you know, most of the cable news network and social media, which is why they're putting so much pressure on Facebook and Twitter and all of that, because they want to censor out truth. They want to censor out debate. They want, they just want to, you know, create suffering and then and then tell you, oh, it's because of, you know, not because of the policies, but it's a systemic problem that cannot be solved without tearing everything down and starting over, right? It's a systemic problem of, you know, Republicans, never mind that they have zero control in this area. You know, they're always able to shift the blame and the you know, solution is always vote more Democrats. The solution is donate more of what money you have left to Democrats, to these to this left wing organization. And the left wing organizations, you know, like when it comes to Black Lives Matter and you know, you could pick any other rights groups. Um, even, you know, uh groups that are talking about, you know, Uh, feminist groups, you know, as well, you know, what goes on, they promote, you know, as if nothing's changed, they go off and say, hey, donate to me, we'll advocate for these policies, which if we actually uh, got, you know, if we actually solve the problem, the money goes away. So, you know, whatever, you know, we're not going to actually solve the problem. But as they rake in the money, they make sure to contribute part of that to the Democrat Party. And the Democrat Party, in, re- in return, promotes that group as a legitimate group, promotes that group as, you know, being a real civil rights group. Because now the Democrats, in creating this alliance, right, go through and promote this group as, you know, leaders of that community advocating for equality, convinces a lot of people to donate money to that group. That group has a financial incentive to make sure problems don't get solved. They take a portion of that money to donate to the Democrats so that Democrats will get elected, create more problems, help promote that group and themselves as the solution to the problems that they themselves are creating. See, it's all about the money now, right? And like I said, with feminist groups, they keep promoting this whole women only make 79 cents on the dollar to a man, right? That is, that is decades out of date information. Right now, women, if you actually go through and look at the data, apples to apples comparison, you know, same education, same number of years experience, they make the same money. In fact, there's also a lot of cases where women are actually earning more than men, even though they have the same qualifications, all right? But they keep promoting that. Why? Because if the mission of women's equality is fulfilled, you know, mission accomplished, what happens to all, the, uh, all, the, uh, all of the money that's going to all of these feminist groups? Well, if the mission is accomplished, why do I need to keep donating to you? all right, so the money goes away, the organization goes under because no money is coming in. What are they going to do for a job? You, you see where the financial incentives is all about keeping inequality going? You know, for the left, all the financial incentives. Now, the Republicans, on the other hand, have a financial incentive to end discrimination and inequality. Why? Well, let's take a look at the uh, Republican philosophy and motivation. We believe limited government, and we believe that the government that should have the most, you know, influence over your life is your local government, where you have more voice, more say, can actually see them in person, right? But we want limited government, Why? Because we don't want this behemoth government that needs to take more and more of your money. We want the money to stay with you. Why? So that you have money to spend. Because while Democrats are focused on, you know, by and large, building up organizations, you know, that are like civil rights groups, which require constant donations, in which they do almost nothing back in return. Except for what? you know, every once in a while organize a march. Woo, that's a real, that's a real complicated process. So they bank a lot of money and do not and not do much in return, but do the marketing. What do Republicans and conservatives and all that believe in building businesses, building products? Well, we want you to have more money in your pocket so that we can compete based off of products and services for that money that adds value to your life. You know, we want to build the computer that you believe will will provide you the most benefits to suit your needs of what you want to do. We want to build the infrastructure that allows you to go out and create more money for yourself so that you have more money to spend on products, goods, and services, and that you're going to spend that money based off of what is important to you, what's going to be create conveniences in your life? What is going to provide you that entertainment? And we want to provide the best of that. So that requires you being able to keep a hold of more of your own money so that you can make those decisions as far as what are the things that you value most that that you want. Democrats want you to have as little money as possible so that you are suffering as much as possible and then convince you to donate what little you have left to these industries, which, by the way, when we talk about, you know, these big groups and organizations that try to market themselves as leaders of these particular communities trying to solve these problems, while yes, they're getting some money and donations from within that community or from within that city, they're real big uh, you know, financial paydays come from th- places like the Hollywood elites, you know, who want to donate to these groups for virtue signaling. And if they don't donate, and this is the Al Sharpton tactic, well, then they're racist, you know, where Al Sharpton would go around and say, you know, donate to my group, or I'm going to accuse you of being racist. I'm going to accuse you of not, you know, being an ally for the cause. I'm going to accuse you of being part of the problem. But if you donate to me, hey, you know, you're a great person and I'll say as much. And so then you get, you know, these, you know, rich elitists, you know, who through virtue signaling is helping to keep these organizations funded the most, you know, so I'm not sure if I clarified, you know, uh, about that, you know, Example uh, is WHO. All right. I, I'm assuming you mean WHO uh, as in World Health Organization because it's all capitalized and you're not going, example as who uh, beca- without a question mark. Um, you know, so I will go through and, you know, take this as because it's all capitalized and no question mark as World Health Organization. Yes. They have an incentive not to um actually solve problems. you know, take a look at all of the money and the donations uh, that are coming in, and then take a look at what happened with the coronavirus how at first they tried to say, no no no, there's no evidence that this is human to human transmissible. Why because of China China's telling us such well why are, why were they parroting what China said because china provides millions of dollars to their organization. So they don't want to make them mad. And they realize that, the you know, are at least uh, had believed all the way up until Trump, uh, that it doesn't matter what they say or do or how they behave, the, uh, the United States will always provide the money. So America is guaranteed no matter what they do or what they say. So then it's about, you know, who the next biggest donors are. And then, Promoting what that is, and then saying, Oh, no, 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 Um, you don't need to wear masks. Masks are, you know, not important, the WHO says. Well, turns out a lot of masks are made in China. And then all of a sudden, yes, yes, you need masks. You need masks. They do a complete 180 on that. You know, if you notice all of the missteps, mistakes, all of the misinformation uh, that the WHO promoted was all in China's favor. And you take a look at, you know, China, you know, if you were to say that, you know, the United States is guaranteed money no matter what you do, so it doesn't matter if you pander to them or not, but China, you know, uh, let's say they're second or third, you know, largest contributor, and their money is dependent upon you parroting whatever it is uh, they want you to say, well, then you're going to parrot, you know, whoever's money is not guaranteed, the biggest donor who's not guaranteed in order to do so. And then you take a look at what they were saying, we need to have all these uh, lockdowns, these, you know, all these, you know, closures, social distancing. But then the moment uh, that there was a left wing cause, such as you know, what happened to George Floyd, so that people want to protest, burn down buildings and all that suddenly social distancing doesn't matter. Suddenly, no, 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 asymptomatic people are suddenly no longer contagious, you know, unlike what we were told before the riots and all of that. And so again, this goes through and I'm glad you brought this up, you know, about the WHO where, you know, what they were saying and what they were doing was not based off of scientific evidence, but just parroting the narrative of whoever their money's coming from, you know, parroting just whatever the left wants them to. And what was the result of what happened with the WHO, right? What happened uh, as the WHO was spreading misinformation, censoring, flip-flopping back and forth based off of where money was coming from? What happened? Celebrities like Lady Gaga had gone out there and raised millions of dollars in donations for the WHO. So they were going off purposely you know giving off misinformation for political um, motivated reasons uh, you know uh, the, that were tied to their financial incentives and as a result of them doing so and bowing down to china they still got you know american celebrities you know um you know to raise up money to donate to the who you know virtue signaling right so they profited. They, see, You see how there is example after example after example of there being financial incentives for them to not only ensure that problems don't get solved, but when problems do get solved, deny that they were solved. It's follow the money is all you need to do. All right, let's see here. The left uh, looked at China as the desired model for the Western world. Um, okay. So let me get to that for a moment. You know, this is where, you know, uh, I I get the point that you're making there. All right. And I know I said at the beginning of this broadcast, I wasn't going to take, you know, um, things that were off topic, uh, from this, but I believe I can tie in this statement about China being the desired model for the Western world and tie it back into everything else I was saying. Because China, the China model is not an original thought to China. You can go back and take a look at China's, you know, surveillance state, information control, and all of that. And you can pretty much go back to the book 1984, you know, the Orwellian society. And that is, what the left's true, you know, uh, desire for the Western world, an Orwellian society, the 1984, the big brother, they just look at China and see how well they have implemented that Orwellian vision. All right. So I hope maybe uh, that helps and clarifies things. Uh, Where are we at for time? Uh, About 48 minutes, about 50 minutes uh, at this particular point. So I I hope I've made my point here. And, you know, it was in reading this, that it really sparked that connection between why things, you know, um, why the inequalities, the police brutalities and all of that happen in pockets that are almost exclusively controlled by Democrats. And why it is they keep doing that and why it is they promote the insane policies that they do as solutions to these particular problems, even though everyone's looking at, you know, this whole defund the police, disband the police. And everybody already said, can see that this is going to be a complete disaster, right? There's no mystery that it's going to be a complete disaster. There's no debate about whether or not it's going to be a complete disaster. We see the complete disaster coming. I mean, it's easy to see. It's clear as day. But they got people worked up so much in a frenzy because emotion and anger being one of the most powerful emotions overrides all logic and thinking. And if you can get people angry enough, you can get them to pretty much support anything that you you know, um, as a solution, even though what they're claiming as a solution is only going to create massively more problems. And we see other left-wing cities taking a look at this and going, oh, this is brilliant. You know, the chaos, the destruction, the devastation that this will cause we'll be able to campaign on that for decades, you know, uh, to come. We'll be able to fundraise off of all of that destruction for the next decade, at least. This is a decade and multi billions of dollars uh, worth of fundraising off of the problems that what they are wanting to implement now is going to cause. You know, and so, yeah, you know, the attacks on the black community throughout the history of the United States, you know, you know, has evolved on the left from being an issue of class and privilege to an, you know, to a racial issue, to morphing to, you know, a financial issue. What they're doing is all the same. It's the only thing that's changed for the left is the motivation and the marketing of course we could always say that the motivation was probably always about money even back during slavery the motivation for the left was probably about money cheap labor we could talk about you know during segregation and jim crow that there was probably uh, money and profit incentive uh for that as well so you know while there was always this, you know, a hate and needing to put other people down for them to feel better, the money incentive, I guess, has always been there for the left to create oppression and inequality. So really, the only thing that's changed for the left since the time of slavery to now is their marketing tactics. Yeah, that. that's, That's really all that's changed is their marketing tactics. Uh, What gender is. All right, let me get a closer look. It's not. There's only two genders, by the way. Two genders male, female. That's it. Now, that, that's the only two genders. And I know some of you are going to go, uh, hermaphrodite, right? Uh, well, that's still a combination of those two genders. That's it. Two genders, you know, and, you know, it's kind of funny. The left wants to, you know, uh, confuse all of this, you know, with their, you know, with this whole transgenderism, 52 genders and all of that, and yet they want to claim it's the right wing that's (sighs) anti-science, you know, which, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not getting into the whole gender thing, you know, like I said at the very beginning uh, of this, um, I'm only gonna be really responding to things that are on topic, I'm not gonna go for Uh, the off-topic distractions, you know. So, okay. Okay. So, in any event, um, that's really all there is uh, for this particular episode. Uh, I hope uh, that wherever you're watching this, whether it's on YouTube, Periscope, Twitch, um, that you go ahead, you hit subscribe, you hit notification bells. If uh, you catch the audio version of this, you know, in iTunes, uh, Google Play, Stitcher, and all the other places, go ahead, leave me ratings and reviews as well. Now, I will say one thing here that is off topic. All right, for those of you who are, you know, uh, wondering here, you know, because I'm responding to chats, and some of you may not see it. um, When you, I I use Restream.io, to uh, stream to multiple uh, platforms at once, you know, YouTube, Periscope, and Twitch. And Restream actually integrates uh, having a plugin with OBS, right? And part of that is taking the chats from all the different places and putting it into one chat stream and having that chat stream, you know, right here uh, on uh, OBS, you know, which is very nice because I see uh, people. You know, right now, what there's another person with the same first name as me, uh, Jacob, on Periscope. There's uh, eguest Guest Four on Twitch. You know, um, you know, going through uh Smurf Who, uh, also on Twitch, and there's a couple of people on uh, Facebook, uh, and I see, and I can tell what platform. They're going on because it provides the icon of the platform right next to what it is they're typing. All right. But and in any event, um, for those of you who want to catch uh, the audio version, it's the Jacob Johnston show. Uh, again, uh, you can get it pretty much where all podcasts uh, are available. And that is the uh, place where you know, my show actually, you know, makes money, uh, from advertisement revenue. So if you want to help support the show and you don't want to, you know, um, you know, donate directly, uh, through, uh, you know, payment processors like, you know, uh, paypal.me or, uh, I forget, uh, some of the other places here off the top of my head, you know, um, but pretty much all the other places. I mean, if you don't want to donate directly, but you just want to help support the show, you can download uh, the audio version of the podcast and, you know, um, you know, it's the ad revenues, you know, uh, that is uh, one good thing. Um, I should put a link in the sh- in some show notes, uh, you know, well, I should create an online store for, let me ask for those of you who are watching this live, would you want a merchandise store? You know, you know, t-shirts, hats, hoodies, mugs. Is that something that you guys, you know, really are interested in or not? You know, just kind of asking, you know, versus going the Patreon route or something. You know, what do you think? Hmm. Should think about that. Now, also, I... You know, I, I know I don't promote this much, um, but I also have other podcasts uh, that are very uh, that you know have g- gained uh, quite a bit in popularity. Um, that could be uh, Sex Mancers. Uh, that is uh, a popular uh, podcast that does have a merchandise store and a book, uh, by the way. So I mean, these are ways uh, in which you can you know help support. You can also you know, subscribe, you know, or uh, follow me on Facebook and Twitter. You know, wherever it is you want to connect with me, you know, it'll either be under the handle The Jacob Johnston Show or The Alteran. right? Yes, it's called The Alteran, and it's an inside thing. And for those of you who haven't, you know, been on here before, look it up, right? Look it up. Now, let's see here. If it had a good message, I would be interested in merchandise. Yes. Okay. Okay. You know, what about a funny message? You know, funny messages and good messages are just good messages. No, just a bit of a thought there. So, all right. All right. So maybe I'll uh, work on a merchandise store here and you know, put up uh, a few items, you know, uh, for that. All right. But in any event, I've gone a little bit over uh, with this end of the show rant, uh, just a little bit, our, you know, random uh, conversation and talk. I'm going to end the part uh, that will go up on audio now. And instead, I will just go ahead and uh, answer uh, questions for the live stream. For So for those of you who will be listening to the audio, thank you so much, and I will be back again soon.